Christchurch, New Malden, 15th of March 2020, 9.30 service. Tim Davis speaking in the series. Lent 2020, Carbon Fast for Creation. Vegan, a big missed steak. We all know we need to reduce our carbon footprint. And we all know that we need to use less fuel, less energy, recycle more, stop using produce and projects with single-use plastic and it's a vital message that we hear repeatedly, particularly in this time of Lent here at Christchurch. And we so know, and we also know too, that we also need to change our eating habits and our diets. It's just that food is such an emotive subject. We get uncomfortable hearing sermons on money and giving. But I reckon this is not too far behind in terms of topics people don't really want to feel too challenged on. You know, food is a very personal thing for a lot of us. And being asked to consider changing our eating habits is quite unnerving. People can be worried about the financial impact of feeling they have to shop more ethically and responsibly. There may be dietary requirements. There are particular taste preferences that people have, or you know, perhaps children or even other members of your household who aren't yet you know, broad and accepting enough in their taste range or insist on a very select range of foods to eat. It could even just be the convenience of simply going to your nearest food shop or supermarket. And yet, despite all that, the role that food, and in particular its production, plays in contributing to the rise of carbon emissions and damage to our planet is one we simply can't afford to or choose to ignore. So sorry, this is going to be a bit uncomfortable for us uh, today. And you may feel like I'm trying to ruin your enjoyment of Sunday lunch or dinner later, uh, but that's really not the case. Um, hopefully, you'll, already, you know, you'll actually feel positive and excited about food. But let's see how we get on. So let's start with looking at why there is this problem. Um, by 2050, According to some estimates, the number of mouths to feed on Earth will exceed 9.7 billion. To feed all of humanity, according to the World Resources Institute, we'll need to produce 56% more food than we have been. And the problem is we need to do this whilst avoiding further deforestation. Nearly a quarter as we heard in the video earlier, of global greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture and forestry and other land use. And so, you know, rather than making space and using more land to produce the food we need, we've in fact got to use less. And as incomes rise across the world, people will increasingly consume more resource-intensive, animal-based foods. The climate crisis will not help either. Pests will multiply as temperatures rise. Floods, droughts, and extreme weather conditions will really ravage crops. And desertification will take large bites out of currently available arable land. But yeah, food. Food, glorious food. We, we just want more and more of it, don't we? It's constantly on the television and on our lives with endless hours of food programs to keep us entertained and tempt and tantalize our taste buds. 
I think it was back in 2014, uh, a national newspaper did an audit of the number of hours of cookery programmes on TV that were shown across the whole of like satellite and cable television. It was over 430 hours in one week. That's 18 days of television in one week just devoted to food and cookery. Food. We, we want it on demand rather than seasonally. We want to try out all these new restaurants that keep coming. We want, to, we want more and more just delicious meat. And we can just get obsessed with food. And the problem is we can't sustain this demand unless we make drastic changes or suffer drastic consequences. Now, the title that Stephen had given this talk, or as he said, Becky, uh, I think it was actually Stephen came out of this pun. This sounds like a Stephen pun. Uh, it was vegan, a big mistake, honk. Uh, but now, relax, I'm not going to be telling us all that we have to go vegan. But I'm also not going to shy away from highlighting just what a problem our current levels of consumption of meat are. And particularly what's known as ruminant meat. That's meat which comes from animals which are able to acquire nutrients from plant-based food. So you know, we're talking about beef, lamb, goat here. And consumption of ruminant meat is projected to rise 88% between 2010 and 2050. Beef, the most commonly consumed ruminant meat, is resource-intensive to produce, requiring 20 times more land and emitting 20 times more greenhouse gases per gram of edible protein than common plant proteins such as beans and peas and lentils. Now that reading I chose from Isaiah, it's a pretty gloomy one, sorry, but it shows the consequences of not caring for God's creation and instead becoming self-indulgent and greedy. In the creation story, we see that God created man and woman and gave them, us, autonomy over the world. Genesis 1 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. More on that later, but we were given this bountiful creation to sustain all life. And yet we've ended up in this situation where land is intensively over-farmed to satisfy our need for food on demand to satisfy taste preference rather than calorie need, and to maximize profit above all else. In the time of Isaiah, the land in Israel was seen as a gift from God, one that was able to be held in trust by each family for their use. And yet, the rich would try and get round this requirement, and they would look to dispossess people, particularly the poor, from their land. Greed led to the perversion of moral law. But the prophet warns that this will lead to ruin. And it's one which is even more pertinent to us today than it was thousands of years ago. The disposition of land, dispossession of land from indigenous people is far greater today than it was back then. 
and the intensive use of land is one which we know is causing problems for our world, this creation that God gave us. Our self-indulgence is something that goes against God's plan for creation. Isaiah warned that those who pay attention only to their own desires for wealth, pleasure, and entertainment, and have no time for the Creator or His work, will be deprived of those very things as exile and death come upon them. Food is an issue that we can't ignore. But food is something that's essential to our lives. It's, it's something that's so worrying to think about not having enough of. These past two weeks have been crazy in the UK. People have started stockpiling food and toiletries because they worry about having to restrict their movements for up to two weeks and worry about not having enough food in the cupboard. They worry about there being shortages of food and so they panic buy and stockpile more than is necessary. And of course the irony is that that then just hastens a shortage of food. And to be honest, if you can afford to stockpile food, you're probably not someone who's actually going to be at risk of going without if you had to stop going to the shops yourself for a few days. But let's try and be positive, shall we? Let's, let's see what we can think about, what we can do about this problem of food and its impact on the planet. Um, when I was thinking about this talk, I thought I'd try and write down some suggestions of helpful solutions. Uh, and I was willing to go radical here, as it's sometimes the most radical ideas, you know, such as how to prevent people getting infected from a virus and infect 60% of the population. That sort of radical idea. Anyway, um, but anyway, these were my um, carbon-lowering, food-enjoying, radical-thinking, awesome solutions that I came up with. Um, so, yeah, the first one... Um, Kill two billion people. Not hearing a great lot of enthusiasm for that. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, we have a food crisis mainly because we are an overpopulated planet. It's extreme, but tackling overpopulation might help. The problem is, of course, it is murder. Um, it's wrong. It's not justifiable. Yes, overpopulation is an issue, but governments across the world are looking to address this and taking steps to reverse it. However, it's not something that really you and I can have a direct control over. Uh, my next one was, was suggesting watching the film Interstellar by Christopher Nolan. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with it, uh, Interstellar is a great film. It's about a bunch of people who go to the far reaches of our galaxy to try and beyond to try and discover planets capable of sustaining life because the Earth has basically become unsustainable, crops don't grow, and we're all doomed. Um, the problem, however, with using that as a kind of resource or uh, solution was um, it's, it's a film. Um, it's science fiction. It's not actually possible. And it assumes that diving into a black hole will have no bad consequences whatsoever. So not doing too well. My, my third solution was this. Uh, let's enforce a strict diet on everyone. If we all have to eat the same like mini selection of food at the same quantity, we'll probably be all right. Uh, but the problem I found with that was it's actually just really boring. <laughs> food is there to be enjoyed. We have so much of it. We, we don't need to limit ourselves to a dozen different tastes and food types. Uh, plus, we'll kill anyone with food allergies to those things. So again, I'm failing in my fascistic diet regime solution. Um, I, I thought I'd give it one more try. And I thought this. Maybe I would do everything in my power, take every action, no matter how small, that can change the way I approach food 
and reduce its impact on this world, on God's creation, now and for the future. Did I see any problems with that? Not, not really. But is it that simple? No, if, if we're honest, I think we all want to make a difference. But with something so enormous as food, so prevalent in our lives, it seems impossible that actually doing anything can actually make a difference. But actually, that's really not the case. And one of the first things we can do is get serious about shifting to healthier, more sustainable diets. Okay, that's obviously a US-centric video, but the message is equally as relevant and important to us. We may not consume as much beef as our American cousins do, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be acting. Could you eat less meat? Now, unless you're a vegetarian or vegan, we all probably could be doing that. And as that clip suggests, why not start by reducing portion size? We need to stop seeing meat as our primary food source and instead as a secondary one. God told us to, create, to care for creation. And as we saw from that um, reading from Genesis, he originally gave us every plant-based food to eat. After the flood, God told Noah and his family that they could now eat animals. But, you know, this was after the flood. There probably wasn't a huge amount of available vegetation to eat. And so these guys were going to starve if they didn't make use of some of the animals they'd been lugging around them in the ark. And so they had this to supplement their diet. And the key word there is supplement. Something else we can do is we can reduce food waste. Approximately a quarter of food produced for human consumption goes uneaten. Loss and waste, it occurs all along the food process, from field to fork, we need to make best use of how we prepare and use our food. It could mean serving smaller portions if you think some might not get eaten. It can mean using every part of a vegetable rather than just a small head of a bit of broccoli or something before throwing the rest away. Other things we can do, we can make sure we use less single-use plastic in the way that we eat food. This might mean replacing your use of cling film with Covermate or some other fantastic uh, things like these brilliant reusable covers for food. Or when you get plastic cutlery, don't throw it away after usage, but clean it. Take it away with you and reuse it the next time you get a takeaway salad from Pret or something. A great way to still enjoy food but act responsibly is to try and only go to restaurants that partner with the Sustainable Restaurant Association when eating out. These are restaurants that seek to have a restorative impact on the planet through offering dishes that have less meat or lower carbon footprints or use local and seasonal produce. Check out the website, the sra.org, for more info. And on these, you can find brilliant recipes provided by restaurants, which can eat, help you eat not only healthily, but responsibly. And maybe for those of us who work in large, big companies, let's try and change workplace practices even in schools and colleges. You know, sometimes it feels as if we're not able to achieve much, but when big business and big areas get involved and get on board, bigger changes can be affected. If you have a workplace restaurant or canteen, ask for alternatives to disposable cutlery. Ask for food to be sourced from sustainable sources or as locally as possible and with as low a carbon footprint as possible. 
Our small meat-free dishes and raise awareness of the massive impact food has on our planet. Because when big organizations make a commitment to doing something like this, they like to brag about it. And their competitors take note and seek to implement the similar strategies. But everything we do, no matter how small, makes a difference. And these are differences that can have an impact and start to bring about a change nationally and globally, as well as just individually and locally, and have far-reaching influence. There is so much more I could and want to say. So many more ideas that we can consider, and that's just a few. And we've only looked at these. Organizations and initiatives such as these on the screen, the SRA, One Planet Plate, Food Save, or Two Eatable Life, can provide much better information than I can. So I want to take some ideas from them when you get home. Go and look up their details on the internet. There are some great ideas in our Lent and Carbon Fast calendars as well to challenge you to do this week and for the rest. Everything we do can make a difference. But above all, we need to consider how everything we do, and particularly today, thinking consideration to how we treat food, is done to respect God's creation and to glorify our God, who is the creator of all.